We're not real brothers, we're sports brothers, and this week we try to get UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel to talk about his dad, which NFL teams will be part of a Super League, and Trevor Lawrence does not need you to buy his wedding gifts. Let's go. This is Sports Brothers, coming to your ear holes and eye holes from the Parish Healthcare Podcast Studio. Hey everyone, I'm Joe Kepner. He's Christian Brewey. We are the Sports Brothers. Thanks for joining us. Uh, what uh, April 21st, 2021. We're a week away from the NFL draft, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit of NFL because Rich Eisen brought up the idea of which NFL teams should be in a super league if they did that, like what we saw soccer try, try. and fail to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we're going we're gonna to give our nine up of the teams that we think would make it to a super league from the NFL. Plus, we've got Dylan Gabriel, first father-son duo on the podcast because yeah. we had his dad way back when, one Two of our earlier ago. episodes. Um, so we finally got Dylan on the podcast to talk about UCF, head coach Gus Malzahn and everything coming up there. Um, he Name, image, and likeness as well. Great guest. Really fun interview with him, so stick around for that. But why don't we start with uh, Sports Brothers of the Week? All right, I'm going to go with uh, a guy that I don't even know the name of, but the Penguins equipment manager, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, This video, just so awesome if you can go find it. Thursday, the Penguins and Flyers were playing. Sidney Crosby lost his stick during the play, so on a fast break, Penguins forced a turnover. He races over to the bench, heads-up play from the equipment manager, like holds out a stick over between the players, over the boards, Crosby full speed, grabs the stick, and then picks up the rebound off a shot and scores the goal. And then the reaction of the Penguins bench to the equipment manager, just like everything you love about sports. And the NHL tweeted it out, like unofficial assist to this guy. Probably the greatest moment of his entire life. Yeah. Maybe Sidney Crosby will buy him dinner or something. Also, he's the sports brother of the week. Yeah, very cool. I, I think if anybody's listened to this podcast for a long time, they know that, uh, full disclosure, we are not a hockey podcast. No. <laughs> I like hockey. I've never just been able to get into it the way that some fans do. Um, I, I'm like a three-year-old at a NASCAR event when I'm watching hockey because I'm just like, whoa, they're so fast. Yeah. Look hey. how fast those guys are. Or my eyes are just not good enough to keep up with the yeah. puck. And I don't know if that's something that if you go to enough games, you just know yeah. where it's at. Yeah, It's one of those sports that, like, if you play it, you love it. If you're into it, you love it. But, like, I find it hard to relate to because it's difficult for me to judge, like, what these guys are doing. I watch an NBA game. I know that they're doing stuff that's incredibly amazing. NFL, same thing. And in hockey, I know they're doing that too, but I don't have any reference points. I've been ice skating one time. You're from Idaho. How is that possible? I'm from Florida. I have an excuse. A small town in Idaho. We didn't have an ice skating rink. Yeah, but just like a creek that froze over? No, no, we didn't have anything. A creek? I forget what we called it in Idaho. No, I, I don't know. Like, I don't have a reference point for it. So the anything I understand that they part, do yeah. to me is incredible. And I just watch it with, like, I don't know, just bug-eyed at, like, how fast everything moves, and it's just amazing. But you watch that video. Sidney Crosby is also absurdly impressive, obviously one of the greatest of all time. And yeah. just the way that he kind of maneuvers away over towards the bench, grabs the stick. But, yeah, the equipment manager, though, quick on his feet, his skates, whatever, realize Sydney needs a stick. 
I'm going to give it to him, and then Sydney comes through and scores the goal, which led to the awesome reaction. Yeah, I think that's what I'm getting at, is the degree of difficulty of that play is oh, for so sure. far beyond yes. my comprehension. Um, all right, so moving on. My Sports Brother of the Week. I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence, uh, future Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback. I think we can just say that now. Yes. Uh, he Fans have been buying gifts for him off of his wedding registry, which – I have some thoughts about that, but the bigger story, he then donated, thanked those fans, and donated $20,000 to Jacksonville Charities. And the Jaguars have already indicated that, like, that's probably who they're going to draft. So it's going, it's who they're going to draft. He yes. even said, like, can't wait to be part of your community. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, like, that brings me to can we just, the NFL draft, the first round, first 10 picks, every single team has, like, a, if this guy is available, we're taking him, yeah. right? And the first team to pick knows who they're picking, right? But they, they will take their time. So, like, we should have – Because the They should shorten need. the time, though. It should be like a 24-second shot clock <laughs> and just a mad rush to get those first, like, 10 picks in. We'll have Reese Davis on tomorrow. Uh, we're interviewing him tomorrow. We'll have it for next week's podcast, and we can ask him that. That would make his job a lot easier as the host of the draft. I just think it's ridiculous when, like, the third team picking still takes, like, their full – Oh, for it's sure. It's like 10 minutes. You yeah. don't need that. Yeah. You know who you're picking third if they're available still. But back to Trevor Lawrence and this whole thing of the fans – buying that and I I think it's just it feels thirsty of Jaguars fans (laughs) wanting to grab some headlines and show that like hey we love our team just as much as the Bills fans do and everyone else does like I I, that to me is just nerdy fans see but I like the way the Bills fans did it because they said we're not going to give this millionaire who now has tons of millionaire friends our money we're going to pull our money together and donate to a charity they care about yeah that's a great I, I agree it. all of that, and and I even think maybe the Jaguars fans knew that this may be what the outcome of sure. giving money to Trevor Lawrence or whatever, however yeah. they did it. Just the whole, like, finding his wedding registry, yeah, and it's a little creepy also, and so uh, I don't know. I think it, I would do it as a fan just to, like, buy the bath towels so I could say that, like, yeah, he's probably drying his junk with the <laughs> towels that I bought. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's interesting. You said creepy. I would, yeah, I would full you creep went full on creep on it. Yeah, yeah that's good. Uh, but but yeah, like I, I like that he's already embracing the community, and I, I think you have to do that. But as far as buying these gifts, like again, he can afford all the stuff on his wedding registry, and he now has tons of famous, wealthy friends who are going to buy him really cool stuff off of his wedding registry. You don't need to do that. Find a different way to like show that love. You know? Yeah. I, I grab some headlines. Yeah. Jaguars fans grab some headlines, so it worked in that regard. All right, I'll another, shut up then. Another guy that grabbed some headlines recently, and really for his entire career, but Steph Curry, what he's doing in the month of April is just absurd. And so I will read off some of the numbers uh, for him in April. He's played 10 games. Warriors have played 11, but he's only played in 10. He's averaging 40.8 points per game, shooting 55% from the field, 50% from three-point range while shooting over 14 attempts from three-point range every night. He's also shooting 91% from free throws. So, like, he's created his own club, the 50-50-90 club <laughs> in April. It's in. I hate what it's going to do for the next generation of basketball stars because we're already seeing it, like, guys just wanting, especially at, like, the park. Yeah. That think they can just hoist threes from anywhere and they shouldn't be doing it. But oh, he, he, he can't. 
He's already like ruined youth basketball <laughs> because every every eight year old out there wants to shoot like Steph Curry. Um, I want to shoot like Steph Curry, of course. Yeah. And, and you can't blame them, but yeah, it's it's just unfathomable how good he is. And Steve Kerr said that in interviews during this stretch. It's like I saw Kobe do it a little bit. Obviously, he was on mm-hmm. ju- the Bulls with Jordan. He saw him do it, but he said he he doesn't know that maybe. Ever a shooter has has been as hot as he is in April. Yeah, I think it is fair to say that Steph Curry is the greatest shooter in NBA history. It already was fair yeah. to say that. And like Clay Thompson, his teammates probably the second greatest shooter. I, uh, I think it was. Uh, I was listening to Pardon My Take, and Big Cat had a stat for him that like he could miss his next four hundred three pointers, then retire, and he'd still have a better three point shooting percentage than Ray Allen. No, that's insane. Yeah, that, it's even... like these are Tony Gwynn style stats, right? Like you hear yeah. those every once yeah. in a while. Tony Gwynn could have, you know, gone <laughs> 0 for 500 this yeah. last year, and he'd still batted over 300. I think it was he could miss his last 500 shots right now, retire, and he'd still have a better shoot three point shooting percentage than Reggie Miller. That's and, and these were like. Reggie Miller and Ray Allen are like before Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were the greatest shooters in NBA history. Yeah, and I think you that know? it's also the game has changed a little bit, but I think yeah. the game has changed because of Steph Curry. Oh yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I, I think what strikes me the most about this stretch that he's on right now is that six of these eleven straight thirty point games have come on the road. So yeah. he's doing this on this like kind of crazy travel schedule that teams are on because it's a compressed schedule yeah. on the road facing high level competition. Cause like, I mean, this is against Boston and Philadelphia and Denver and uh, well, not Houston anymore, <laughs> but Milwaukee and Atlanta and Miami. These are the teams that he's done this against and four straight games th- have been road games. Three of those, he went over 40 points. Like yeah. it's just to do that when you're probably exhausted already from the traveling, from the flights, you're eating hotel meals. Um, <laughs> and you're not like really even allowed to go outside the hotels yeah, with the rules and yeah. stuff. Like it's just, it's, it is, we are seeing something that we've never seen before and may never see again. And I'm not like, it's getting appreciation. I'm not sure it's getting enough appreciation. Yeah. The article that I read from was from the NBC Bay area, whatever yeah. it was. And, yeah, they were sort of comparing just the dominance to the stretch that Barry Bonds had towards the end of that 2001 season where he hit 73 home runs. Yeah. The difference is is that he's loved. He's universally loved where Barry Bonds was universally hated, yeah. obviously because of performance-enhancing drugs. Steph Curry, though, is kind of this wiry little dude. Of course, I think he's added some muscle and stuff throughout yeah. his career. But, God, it's just absurd to watch what he's doing. But you remember that run from Bonds? Every single time he was up to bat, ESPN was cutting into his games. I know. For and it, every at-bat. And I thought that was actually cool. I feel like ESPN should be cutting into Warriors games every time Curry touches the ball. Right. <laughs> just Scott Van Pelt <laughs> gets like half quick. a sentence out. Yep. <laughs> he shot another three. Let's go to that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good amazing. stuff. I just, yeah. Love it. Love Steph Curry. The other big story of this week was the Super League in soccer. Just a a quick brief rundown of it. The top leagues decided that, hey, you to UEFA, (laughs) and we're going to decide to create our own league. And we're going to call it the Super League, and we're going to break away, and we're going to ruin soccer, essentially, um, in Europe. And then all the fans said, no, no, you're not, you greedy bastard. We're, we're not going to allow this. They spoke out, and you know FIFA spoke out, UEFA spoke out, and they backed down two days later. It's just funny to me because like what they were trying to create is what every league 
in America is, right? right? Like it yeah. is just sort of this monopoly on the best teams, the top talent, all the TV money. That's what they were trying to create. And Europe was like, no, we hate their model. Yeah. There would be no promotion and relegation from this. It's, just, it's awful. We don't want that. And I love the promotion relegation aspect of soccer in Europe. And it yeah. would be so fun if, if there was some way to do that, but it is so established in America that there's not any way you could. It grew organically, and that's why it worked, because it it was actual soccer and and sporting clubs that grew up and and created these leagues and that. So if you know the history of it, you know why promotion and relegation works there and why instituting that here and trying to convince wealthy people to invest in a league <laughs> when if your team's bad enough, you're not going to be in that league anymore. Right. That'd be tough to do. So yeah, I don't think Shad Khan's buying the Jaguars. No. <laughs> um, if that was maybe, a possibility, maybe soccer gets there someday in the U S because they are really trying to develop these lower levels, yeah. but I don't know. I don't see how you could ever do it with like NFL and NBA. All right. So rich Eisen though, on his radio show. And I think other people have done this. I saw Andy Staples of the athletic did it with college football. Yeah. You know, I think was it 15 teams at first, but since we're we do nine ups, we're going to do a nine up yes. of the top NFL teams that would be in yes. a super league. If you did a super league with the NFL, which nine teams, which nine franchises would make it into that super league? You want to go first? Sure. All right. All right. My first pick is whatever team Tom Brady plays for. <laughs> because I I was going back and forth. Do the Patriots make it in? They have so many championships, but it was all while Tom Brady was their quarterback. So I'm I know this is not exactly a team, but whatever team Tom Brady plays for gets into the Super League. But so right now the Bucks would be my top choice. See, and I I would absolutely not put the Bucks in there because. Yeah, they do have two Super Bowl championships, but it has not been a well-run franchise. And to me, you would want like the nine franchises that are well-run, like that. But but based off of that, just going I by know. championships, you can't. So that's why there, there's an yeah. argument, and that's why I'm going with Tom Brady because he has yeah. seven. He's got what is yeah, because the Patriots won six, and he I don't won. even remember now. Yeah. Every other championship for my entire adult life is what he pretty has. much. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so you're putting the Bucks in there as the first team with the caveat of whatever team Tom Brady plays for, because he could play for five more years and then maybe he goes to some other team. Yeah, that's true. So, so like that would be promotion and relegation. Tom Brady decides if you're yes. in the Super League <laughs> exactly. still or not. Yes. All right, uh, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. To me, I think they have been the Best example of sustained success decade after decade in the NFL. Um, and Because and you can look at every single oh, decade sure. and they've won a Super Bowl or made it to the AFC Championship game or sustained success. Uh, I think they are the premier example of that. And they've won – they're the second most Super Bowls, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think it's one of those things that it's, it, they always find the right coach. It doesn't seem like they ever are like yeah. just have – Massive coaching turnover. You know, you went from yeah. Bill Cowher to Mike Tomlin, and just he's still there. You can't and, look at an era of Pittsburgh football and think, wow, they were really dysfunctional. Yeah, what a mess that yeah. was. Exactly. All right, so if we're going to do it, you know, kind of base a little bit more based off Use of Use your what, own criteria. I, oh, I, I, I'm doing that as, <laughs> as evidenced by my first pick. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I think you can't have a Super League in the United States with the NFL without – quote-unquote, America's team. And, yes, they haven't been champions recently, but still, they are the biggest brand within the NFL. I'll give you that. Like, brand-wise, then, yeah, you have to put them in there. Um, but, like, in terms of sustained success and have they been dysfunctional, then I, I absolutely wouldn't. But I get your argument there 
I'll allow it. <laughs> um, all right. So for the fourth team, I think I'm going to go with the... Oh, man. This is tougher than I thought it would be, actually. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm going to go with the Giants. The New York Giants. <sighs> I think you got to have a New York team in there. You do. And it's not going to be the Jets. The Giants have won three Super Bowls, four Super Bowls, I think, um, and recently have been a successful team, although not for the last two or three years. And I believe they've been around for like 100 years, you know, even before the NFL yeah. or something like that. So I had them on my list. I didn't have them that high. Yeah. But I, I understand it's just tough. Like both New York teams are so bad right now. They're yeah. like, <laughs> put them into your Super League, but it is the largest media market. And if you're yeah. going to create a Super League, you have to have the largest media market as a part of it if you're going to pull in the big money, which is what Super the Super League was trying to do, is just create oh, yeah. money. Well, you saw it was going to add like $400 million a year for, to each, those, team. for each team. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, greedy right. bastards. Yeah. <laughs> once again. All right, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. Just the storied tradition and, once again, a well-run franchise. They're owned by, you know, the community. I think that's pretty cool. And they always have a great quarterback. So I'll, I'll go with the Packers. I think small market, but if you're going to have a small market team, it needs to be the storied franchise of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those foundational franchises, right? too. Yeah. Because they were one of the originals, all that. Um, okay, I'm going to throw the New England Patriots in there. Uh, even though I know they don't have Tom Brady and all their success was predicated on having Tom Brady, <laughs> they were still a pretty successful franchise before him. They had made True. it to a Super Bowl in the 90s. Um, and you can't – I don't think you could make a Super League without having the team that has won the most Super Bowl championships in league history. I understand. And it's another huge market. You get Boston in there. Yeah, you got like all of the Northeast. Yeah. You get all of the Northeast. Yes. <sighs> yeah, that now now we're getting down to some tough ones. Yeah, I, I'll, go, I'll go West Coast, and I'll, I'll put the San Francisco 49ers in there. Yeah, I had them on my list. I, I, it goes back to all those other things. They've won championships in the past. They're, they're, when you think of the NFL, I feel like they're one of the first teams that, that pops to mind. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely put them in there before the Bucks. I, I, I put Tom Brady in. <laughs> put Tom Brady in. Okay. Uh, what are we on? Eight? Yep. I'm going to go Chicago. Yeah. The Chicago Bears. Another one of those that, like, they ruled for the better part of a decade um, and, and have been a traditionally successful franchise, although not recently. Oh, yeah. Total That's dysfunction. It. Yeah. It's, That's my whole argument for putting the Bears in there. And, and we'll get to this in maybe a little bit if we mention some honorable mentions, but you need some dysfunction in your Super League, oh, and you're yeah. going to get it automatically, yeah. but but putting the Bears in there, like two of your picks, the Giants and Bears right now, are not the cleanest run organizations. Um, I'll wrap up the nine. This wasn't, you know, when I was thinking about it, the reason I or how I was deciding on teams wasn't, okay, who's the best player in the league? Yeah. You should have him in the Super League. But Patrick Mahomes needs to be a part of the Super League. It's like... If Messi was on some random team and it wasn't Barcelona, of course the biggest teams are going to pay the biggest bucks in soccer, yeah. but like the best player needs to be a part of the Super League, so I'll take the Chiefs. And also fair. a hu incredible fan base. They've been around for a long time, and you want to talk about well-run with Andy Reid yeah. and, and them, so I'll go the Chiefs as the final pick. And there is that argument that like whatever – Whatever teams, whatever franchises would be in a Super League, all of the talent, all of the great players would gravitate then to those, to those teams. Of course. They're not going to stick around in like these lesser leagues. Yes, this is a complete hypothetical, obviously, right. and that's the reason I yeah. 
took whatever team Tom Brady plays for as my top pick. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's a that's a decent nine franchises to okay. start a super league. Here's a question for you. So out of and you know, I, I guess yeah, technically I have the Bucks in, but would you say out of the three Florida teams that the Dolphins should be the team if there was going to be one Florida team? I don't think it can be the Jaguars, which was interesting if you watched the Rich Eisen yeah. segment. Two of the guys had the Jaguars just because they felt like Trevor Lawrence could be the new face of because the league. they're about to be exciting. <laughs> exactly. They're about to be exciting. And they also kind of have that international flair because they do go and play in London every year that's not played in a pandemic. Yeah. I think I would still gravitate towards putting the Dolphins in as the Florida team just because they have history for the, sure the storied season the 1972 undefeated season and also one of Marina like a handful, and Marino and Shula yeah one of a handful of franchises that's won back-to-back Super Bowls I know that was all in the 70s and you would like to see <laughs> a little more recent success for a, a super team. But cool uniforms. Again, I don't think I would put any of the Florida teams in. If I had we didn't. to put one, we didn't. So the, that's the Dolphins why. would be on my list of honorable mentions. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't have them all on your honorable mentions. I, I did have down here, like, you've got to have some dysfunction in your league. Like, mm-hmm. that adds to it. And I'm sure the Bears sort of have that. But, like, throwing the Washington football team in there would have been fun once again, history, but also run by this slimy ass Dan Snyder. Yeah, I think, I think he's slimy enough. I wouldn't want him to be part of it, but of course he would be because it's going to be the wealthiest people. They also have sort of a soccer club name, being the Washington Football Team right yeah, now as well. That's true. I thought kind of the same thing with the Raiders, right? Like the Raiders are again one of those like premier brands yes. in the league, even though they haven't really been a successful franchise for a long time, but you get the dysfunction because you get a Davis <laughs> running it. Um, you, you're going to get some tweets like we saw yesterday with <sighs> that, uh, the, the we can breathe that I think got maybe, maybe the appropriate backlash <laughs> on Twitter. Um, the, but all, my thing with the Raiders is always like they never, they were never in the same town for long enough. Like, they just keep moving around. They were that's Oakland, true. then they were L.A., and I know that's both California, but now they're in Las Vegas. And to me, they don't have that establishment or that established history because I remember them being moved around. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. But I think they are one of those franchises, more than others, that has a fan base across the country. Understood. Right? And, and I, I just... That- so does Seattle, which... It was brought up a little bit with the 12s. Like, I think there's like 12s parties do. here in Orlando. Look, I love Seattle. I think it's one of the greatest cities in America, but it's too far in the north, the Northwest. You can't put that in the Super League. Um, no, but my other question was, like, if you're going just by you want the biggest markets, you'd want to throw an L.A. team in there. Would right. you go Chargers or Rams? I would go Chargers strictly based off of uniforms. Oh, I had man. the Chargers. I, that was, like, one of my thoughts. Like, I like Man City's Baby Blue mm-hmm. and in – I think, like, if I was going to buy a soccer jersey, I'd buy that. I don't have a team, but just because I like the colors. If there was a Super League of just, like, nine or ten NFL teams, I would just pick the Chargers because I like their colors. Yeah. And, like, the powder blue uniforms are just so badass. Yeah. All right. I think that's a that's a solid nine-up plus, yeah. plus some. The Bills didn't make it in, though. No, the Bills didn't. Uh, the Saints, I thought about, too. You know, they, they could kind of be, like – 
the everyman franchise of the of the Super League because you know eventually their fans are going to have like paper bags over their heads again. <laughs> and everyone loves a trip to New Orleans. Yeah, right. You're going to have the Super Bowl there every other year, yeah, so right? you might as well have yeah, the team. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right. All right. Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. UCF quarterback. Uh, yeah, first time we've ever had a father and a son join us on Sports Brothers. Once again, as Joe said, we had his dad a couple years ago when he kind of burst onto the scene uh, after the McKenzie Milton injury. A kid from Hawaii that's throws one of the prettiest balls in college football. Mm-hmm. Got some Heisman buzz early last year. Oh, I got a fun fact about that. I'm saving it for after the interview, though. Okay, all right. So stick around to after the interview for my my fact nugget, my fuck it of yes. the week. All right, perfect. All right, let's just get to Dylan's interview. So, Dylan, there's a lot going on with name, image, and likeness in college athletics. We saw UCF embrace it with the social media names on the back of the jersey. What's it mean to you to be at a program that is embracing this, knowing that it's on the horizon? It's, it's the new day and age of college football. You know, like Coach always says, football college, or the future of college football is here, and, and um, it, it's the truth. It's, it was a crazy experience to be, the, you know, one of the first to do it, and, and then likewise, it's just... It's innovative. It's fun. So I got to ask your Instagram. Saw you were in Fort Lauderdale. It looked like a GQ photo shoot or something. So are you ready for that influencer life? Is that what we got a little preview of there? Uh, what's funny is like me and my friends. You know, they they always tell me you got to you got to post a little picture that's not football. And I was like, you know what? Fine, I'll do it. Yeah. So I ended up doing it. So have you had what what sort of? Uh, let me let me think of how I want to phrase this because. Opportunities are going to come, especially for quarterbacks and high-profile players. Have you had any sort of training from the school or anything like getting you guys ready for what's going to be happening this fall? I think they're, you know, trying to put that in place. You know, they definitely have talked to us about it. But, you know, in terms of the rules, that's still stuff we're trying to figure out as not only players, but, you know, coaches and and, uh, organizations. So um, once they do uh, come out with the rules and all that, I, I do believe they'll be able to train us for what's to come. Yeah, there's some people who just, they take to the whole brand life really easily. It comes natural to them. Are, are you one of them? Are you going to have a brand? Do you have that all prepared and ready to roll out for when it's time? You know, we'll see. You know, hopefully when the time comes, it it, it would all, you know, come into place. But um, for the most part, I'm just excited to, to see what's, what's next for college football. Were you... Were there any guys that you were laughing that they had that on the back of their jerseys? Like, yours is your name. It's nothing too crazy. Were there any of your teammates who were like, oh, my God, that's on the back of you know, jersey? Luckily, they did check and made sure, you know, <laughs> there were some good Twitter handles. But, uh, you know, I, I did see some jokes on, on if, you know, someone did have a, you know, not so good uh, Twitter handle. So Did anyone have to change their Twitter handle right before the, the spring <laughs> not, game? Not that. that I'm sure of. I, I'm pretty sure everyone was, was just fine. Okay. Did, did you see any additional followers after? I happened. did, I did, and uh, it, it was pretty, you know, it's just cool to be a part of something that's super innovative, and that's what, you know, our university is all about is, you know, being the first to do a lot of things, and, you know, something like the, the space jerseys and, and what's to come, I, I can't wait to see. You mentioned the future of college football is in Orlando. Mm-hmm. The billboards were up in Tallahassee and Gainesville, and how, how do you like being part of a program that sort of has a chip on its shoulder? Mm-hmm and is willing to kind of poke mm-hmm. the institution of college football. I mean, it really starts from up top, you know, to our AD, you know, Terry, and then to our head coach, you know, Coach Gus. So um, those are the type of guys, you know, they're, they're not afraid of anything and, you know, are willing to play wherever, 
It is, and, and I'm, I'm glad they're, you know, in our leadership position, so. And it kind of started with the last regime. Danny White instituted mm -hmm. a lot of that, especially with his national championship mm -hmm. claim. And it kind of put a target on UCF's back a little bit on social media and out there. Do, do you find that, that that's good for you guys? Do you embrace that to, and accept that challenge, knowing that people are expecting more of you because of it? I think, like Coach Gus said, you know, what's, what's fun with no expectations, you know? Um, Night Nation just expects an undefeated season. That's what we strive for every year, and that's something that, you know, it just keeps it keeps it fun, keeps it, you know, just a ability for us to go and, and compete and then go out and every single day know that, you know, there's stuff that on, on the on the table. So uh, when Gus came in, we saw, you know, he's pretty active on social media. We yeah. saw the, you know, pictures that he posted with you guys. What do you like about him as a coach? And then also, is there something about him as a person that, that you've enjoyed so far? He's just loving and caring, like just a true, genuine man that I can have honest conversation with. And that's all I ask for. And then likewise, you know, on the field, he's just he's not afraid to, to get on me and push me uh, to be my best. So that's something that I'm super grateful for. He's been around for a few months now. Is there something that you've already learned from him that has made you a better football player that you kind of look at and be like, holy <laughs> why didn't I do that before or anything like that? Not necessarily, but he just, you know, made it more uh, of an emphasis for me. Uh, you know, just every, every single day, you know, coming out there and, and attacking every single day the best to your ability. And that's something that, you know, it's so cliche, but it's so true, you know, just locking in the time you have on the field and taking advantage of every opportunity so the connection between you and Mackenzie we know all about that what was it like for you on that Saturday to see him back on a field I'm sure you, know, you saw him practicing yes. when he was here yeah. but just to see it kind of in a somewhat true game setting what did it mean it's just all his you know hard work coming into fruition you know he's worked so hard for for two years really you know and a lot of people didn't think he'd play you know football ever again but he never listened he's just you know a strong, you know, mentally strong kind of guy, and uh, I'm just proud of him and excited for him because that's what he deserves. So let's talk about what this team is going to look like next year. So last year, you guys averaged 88 plays per game. Mm -hmm. First of all, how long did it take to recover after a game like that? How much ice did you need after running 88 plays on average? I didn't need ice. But I know <laughs> the receivers the and, and the O-line and, and you know, the running backs had to. Um, you know, I felt bad. I was the one, you know, trying to push the tempo but I was <laughs> yeah. just sitting back there you know dealing it to them so you know they they're the ones who really get the toll on their body so and then Auburn with Gus last year they mm -hmm. averaged about 70 plays per game so 18 fewer per game for people mm -hmm. who haven't seen the spring game haven't seen practice mm -hmm. is this year's UCF squad going to look more like last year's UCF or more like what we saw at Auburn last year um I, I would just say it's so different in, in both you know coach you know is coach Gus wasn't calling the plays at Auburn but now he is um, so that's something that'll be different and likewise, you know, what we were last year is definitely not where we are this year, you know, totally new identity, new players, new faces, you know, new coaches. So uh, I'm just excited that, you know, it is a, it's a breath of fresh air. It's a, you know, refreshing feeling to just go out there and, you know, have, have some new guys out on that field. So you are going to lose some of those wide receivers to the NFL draft. Awesome in some aspects, <laughs> not awesome in others. Yeah. The offensive line, though, I looked and saw, I think what all the starters are back, maybe yeah. six of the guys that started last year. Yeah. How nice is that for a quarterback? Great feeling. Um, I have uh, all trust in those guys, and, you know, they're, they're really good guys and just big bros to me. Yeah. Uh, not, I mean that, too. You know, they're obviously bigger, <laughs> but, um, 
they're just they're great people and then super smart um just on the protection side of things they're you know see things that i necessarily wouldn't see and you know they they catch my back every single time so i love that all right Ted, if you look real Go quick ahead. All your wide receivers were able to come back or all your offensive linemen were able to come back and put you on the spot a little bit there? I'm going to have to say O-line just yeah. because, you know, they, they're they just, I mean, they're studs up front. They protect so. your ass. You know? Know, that too, that too. <laughs> yeah, no wide receivers ever stopped you from getting sacked. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Uh, so you lose Jacob Harris, Trey Nixon, Marlon Williams. Mm -hmm. Those guys combined for 2,000 yards, 20 touchdowns last mm -hmm. year. Who's going to be the guy that maybe we don't know now, but we're going to know by the end of the season just because they have to fill in some of those stats? Um, I'll be honest, there's so many guys that are capable of doing it. It's just going out there and, you know, once they get their, their chance to go do it. Um, but that was really, a very diplomatic answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, honestly, just because, you know, whenever there's a competition at the receiver position or just any skill position, I think it's it forces people to make plays and go out there and, you know, compete, which is, is something that's really fun. Uh, at least for this spring, there's a bunch of plays being made. So, so we had your dad on the podcast mm -hmm. a couple years ago, and yeah. kind of after your freshman season. Uh, what is that relationship like? How often are you guys talking? You know, mm -hmm. He w took us through kind of mm -hmm. the early years coaching you and everything. But what what is that relationship like now? As you've got a couple years under your belt here at UCF, super close. He's, you know, I, I love my dad. He's everything. You know, he means everything to me, just like my mom. And um, having him in my life, especially not not just on the life side but football side um it's been super helpful you know obviously he's been through it so that that's a good feeling but also just being able to talk to him about life and he, he's really good at flipping the switch so um i love that about him all right who's got a better arm i don't know I, i'll leave that up for you guys to judge but um I, i'd say me just to you know make him a little mad but, yeah. <laughs> and we were talking before the interview started that yeah. when you were a kid he, he would coach you and not everybody has you know a former mm -hmm. college quarterback to coach them to be a quarterback or that mm -hmm. level what was that like learning from your dad and how much did you guys just butt heads you know you know like I said there's we love each other so much and that creates even more passion to you know want to coach me up and want to see me do well and um, you know we had our fair shares of arguments and you know, he obviously was, would get on me, but I always knew it was out of love. And um, knowing that, I never took it out of context, you know. And my mom was always good at keeping an even kill when we got home and, and all that stuff. Did so. you ever curse at your dad? Never. <laughs> I, I don't even want to try that. No. Uh, but, um, Smart man. But it, it's just football, you know. We, we love the game of football. We're passionate about it. And then likewise, we love each other, you know. So uh, when, you, when you get that, there's, there's definitely a lot of passion involved. Uh, one of the things that he brought up, he said that he didn't go on all the official visits mm -hmm. with you, but he did come here to Orlando with mm -hmm. you, and he said he could just see it in your eye. He didn't say anything, but he kind of just saw it. Mm -hmm. What was it that, that caught your eye, and what did he see in your eye that, that made you fall in love with UCF? i just say the opportunity. Whenever, whenever I, I came here, uh, I remember coming uh, the Navy game, and just being able to see it, I knew there was opportunity for you know, greatness, uh, being able to go and play at a high level and then also in an exciting offense with a bunch of athletes who can run all over the field. So that that was the biggest thing for me. And then likewise, it was the most comfortable for me in terms of, you know, weather like home or just that home feeling, uh, uh, a lot of similarities. So being that far from home though you've answered this a few times over the years. I mean, that's a tough trip. It's a tough mm -hmm. to be that far from your family. Mm -hmm. When did you know that you made the right decision and that you were going to be okay here? 
I'd say early on I didn't. I was, you know, just super, uh, just early out, coming out of high school, you know, graduating early. That that was definitely a, a new beginning for me that I struggled with. But um, just as I went through spring, I knew that, you know, everything was going to be okay and that this was all happening for a reason. And I was excited once, you know, I got to go start my first game. I knew. You know, this is this is what it's all about. So you said your brother's a freshman going into high school. Mm -hmm. Are we going to have another Gabriel coming? I hope so. To I UCF? hope so. If if he does, that'd be that'd be a blessing. So is I he a lefty so. or Thursday? He is a lefty. Oh wow! Yeah. So yeah. all the southpaws. I like I that. Uh, this is off the field. We see the tats. Mm -hmm. What goes into the decision of what you want to get, and is there another one coming in the future? Definitely another one coming. Um, just big on you know my my faith background and. You know, being Catholic, uh, being raised Catholic, you know, that's something I, I want to put on my sleeve and something that I, you know, I'm really passionate about. But also, I have to check with my mom before I get anyone. So, <laughs> so I check with my mom, make sure it's okay, and then um, once I get the yes from her, it's it's a good. What's on the how, how many times has she said no? What what have you asked her that she said no? <laughs> Honestly, she's she's been very open and she hasn't really said no, but we've like kind of talked about what. Yeah. Discuss. Discuss, yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> She's had some design input. For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I like yeah. that. That's cool. I'm good. Yeah. We good? I think so. All right. Cool. Perfect. Thanks, man. Yeah, Thank good luck this, this fall. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so thanks to Dylan Gabriel for sitting down with us. And I got to ask you, Joe, I know you have a tattoo. Yes. Did your mom have any input on it? Um. So part of my tattoo was designed as... The, a gift that my mom gave me had the same design on it. So, so somewhat. Then. So a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, she didn't want me to get a tattoo. Um, I got my first one right after I graduated high school. My brother paid for it, and we kind of, like, went and did it Ran without off. telling yeah, my mom. Nice. Yeah, I wasn't 18 either. I was only 17. Um, so whoever <laughs> what gave a, what me that a tattoo. What a lawbreaker yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. All right. Rebel. Um, no, the, the fact nugget, the fuck it of the week for Dylan Gabriel, nine of the ten – finalists or high vote getters in the Heisman last year, nine of the top 10 are all gone. The only one coming back was, I think it was uh, the Iowa state running back. Uh, uh, Brees. What was his name? This is good. Yeah. Great job on this. Right? Brees hall, Brees hall, the Iowa state running back. Um, so my prediction is that we're going to get a whole new wave of top tier talent that everybody's talking about Heisman buzz. And I'm predicting Dylan Gabriel end of the season will absolutely be in that top 10. Yeah, I think they I have, think a, have a they great have a great game. opportunity the first game of the season against Boise State. Yep. It, it's going to be one of the premier games of the opening week, an opportunity to to prove it. He's so. going to he's going to put up the stats because they are going to run a high tempo offense and just the way they he, do things, he's going to put up stats he and needs, he's so accurate with the ball. He needs them to contend for the AAC title. Yes, absolutely. And once they started losing games, no one cared about how many absurd Games, yes. four hundred yard games, he was putting up under yeah, Josh. They, they can't go out and lose three games. They nope. gotta. They definitely. You're right. They, they've got. If they be lose in one or something, yeah, and in, in, in the conversation possibly for the final four, then he's going to get the Heisman buzz. Yes. He's that good. If they're ranked at the end of the season, he will be a top ten Heisman getter because right. he will be one of the biggest reasons, especially because you don't really know a lot of the pieces around him coming back this year. True. All right. Dad, Dad jokes. jokes. Okay. Did you, you hear about uh, why the NFL has a draft? Why? Because they ran out of weather stripping. Wow. 
That is that you you told me before. Top tier dad energy. On so that much one. dad energy right there. <laughs> and for a guy like Joe who DIYs everything mm, in his house, loved that, it. That one fits. All right, what does Jeff Bezos do before bed? I don't know. Puts his pajamas on. Pajamas on. <laughs> pajamas on. I like it. Okay, here's a here's one that would have worked bonus? last year. The Miami Dolphins have three first-round picks in this year's NFL draft. I guess you can say there are more than Tua picks for them. Wow. Yep. Horrible. Terrible. All right, that's how we end every <laughs> podcast. Thanks to uh, Dylan Gabriel for coming on. And Dylan's dad for Coming on a couple Last years year, ago. Couple yeah, you can go back ago. and listen yeah. to that one. It was uh, I was listening to it before the interview. It was a, a fun conversation, especially when we didn't truly know how good – or we knew he was good. We just didn't know that he was going to have this sustained success right. at UCF. Um, but, yeah, thanks for listening. Subscribe, like, review. And once again, Reese Davis will preview the NFL draft on next week's podcast. See ya. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.